Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Drivers, start your engines! What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast, now previewing the races following practice and qualifying on Saturdays. I'm Dan Mail, and I'm joined, as always, by the FSWA three-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. We are previewing Vegas. Matt, how you doing on this lovely Saturday afternoon? I'm good. Uh, apologies for getting the pot out a little later than normal. A uh, friend of mine had a surprise birthday party at lunch that had been planned for like three months so i couldn't really move <laughs> that so nice. um i was able to watch practice and qualifying while at the restaurant because uh, it was a sports bar so while i was watching uh, k-state flounder in the second half to west virginia i also watched the uh, you know cup practice and qualifying so harrison burton put the car into the wall uh tyler reddick Needed an engine change, didn't practice or qualify. Um, so, yeah, we're good. But, of course, there's bigger news this weekend. Yeah, uh, the big news uh, that broke late Friday night, Chase Elliott, broken leg, basically fractured his tibia, had a three-hour surgery Friday night. He is going to be out for several weeks. Josh Berry steps in. DK actually gave him a respectable price tag of $8,000. Um yeah, they also put him at twenty to one on DK Sportsbook. That's win. kind of insane. Five percent. Bovada has him at six. Bovada has him at sixty-six to one, which I think that's is probably more. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if we all harken back to twenty fifteen when Kyle Busch broke his leg, obviously that was at a Daytona incident, um, and uh, he was out for several weeks. It's probably going to be about that timeline. Kyle Busch said. It probably depends on if it's closer to the knee or the ankle, because the ankle you need more flexibility in the joint to press the you know clutch or the brake, depending on how Chase Elliott drives his number nine car. Um, so it's going to be several weeks. Yeah. So we'll see if it's Josh Berry the whole time. We'll see if it's Justin Allgaier a little bit. Uh, but I would expect it to be a shifting of guys from JRM up to the Cup Series. I would I would presume because. They're basically a feeder team for yeah. Hendrick. So that, that's what I would presume. I don't know if it'll be Josh Berry passed this week or not. We'll have to see. Well, 
we can uh, at least start talking uh, Vegas a little bit. Obviously, we hope Chase Elliott gets well soon, but it unfortunately won't be soon. But uh, Friday Night Truck Series, I uh, saw a lot of good screenshots uh, in the Discord for people that had some decent returns on ROI, regardless of how much you played. Um, I woke up on my couch at 3.30 in the morning and saw that I finished third in the happy hour, so that was a nice surprise. I, I fell asleep before the end of the race, so uh, I mean, that, that's what happens. It happens almost every time that there's a truck race in Vegas, because I always know that they're going to roll off at 9 p.m. on the East Coast, and that's usually around the time that I'm going to bed, and I struggle to stay awake, but Kyle Busch gets the win. He is currently running in the Xfinity Series race. He is attempting to go for the Vegas sweep. Coming off his big win at Auto Club last week, I know we'll get to the track breakdown, but, you know, I kind of just want to touch on the hometown guy first. Like, are we going to get, are you anticipating building around Kyle Busch quite heavily? I don't know if I necessarily like going back to the guy who won the previous week. And plus he's been such an, he's been kind of heavily bet uh, to win at his home track as well. And rightfully so. Um, but what are your thoughts on Kyle Busch this week? Yeah. Look, I guess we can get into this with the strategy, right? And And who... Like, is fading Kyle Busch a good idea or not? He's the most expensive guy on DK. I'm pretty sure he's at or near the top of the price list there on FanDuel 2. We've got 400 laps in this race for the Cup Series. So, sorry, 400 miles, 267 laps. Apologies, 267 laps. Um, So there's a decent chunk of Dominator points that we can get, right? Getting a lapse lead leader, getting a dominator, at least one into your build at a mile and a half track is a must if you're going to finish high in the money. Question is that Kyle Bush? He looked good in practice. Um, he qualified well. He's rolling off fifth for the cup race. But are we like, it just seems like he's had everything asked of him this weekend between the truck series. Now he's got all of the various interviews at the hometown track about switching manufacturers and then he's running Xfinity and now we got the Chase Elliott thing. So now he's being asked about that. And if guys should uh, be allowed to do things outside of racing during the season. And so my question is, is he going to be just mentally exhausted about halfway through the cup race on Sunday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm building around him. He's going to be in some lineups, but I don't think he's my top build around guy right now. Uh, I kind of agree. Um, obviously, he, he was great in the truck race on Friday night, and I was overweight with exposure there. I didn't play him at all on the Xfinity race just because I didn't like his comments about the car. And yes. so if you just compound like everything between like all three races – all the questions he's had to answer, maybe even the mild headache that he wasn't really given or he was he didn't give any input on the setup sheet for the college car that he's running in the Xfinity series. It is kind of a lot to handle. And maybe like this guy's just looking forward to a day off on Monday, but it's awfully hard to just not play him at all. And, and like, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to build around him, but I imagine that I'll still get some exposure in my 20 lineups. Yeah, he's not. Look. Will he appear in the core plays that I put out on Sunday? Almost assuredly uh, for tournaments. Yeah, because does he have the ability to dominate? Sure. Do you need him to? Yes. If he doesn't, he's not worth the price tag. Um, so I'm not – he's not my highest-owned 
guy, but I will play him. All right, let's uh, discuss the track. Mile and a half, they're what they would call these cookie cutter intermediates, these mile and a half trials. Um, just give us the lowdown on Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is one of the steeper ones. It does have progressive banking in the corner, which means the closer to the wall you get, the more banking you get, so that theoretically there's more lines and you can carry momentum around the outside. Um, it's not really a tire wear track. It's pretty well kept up. It's not like in the realm of, certainly not in the realm of Auto Club. It's not anywhere close to Homestead or Darlington. Uh, in terms of comparable tracks, we're looking at high-speed intermediate, so it compares well with Kansas. We can look at Texas. We can look at Charlotte. I would even toss Michigan in there because Michigan isn't a tire wear track like Auto Club. It's a high-speed two-mile intermediate that's got relatively similar banking to Las Vegas. So um, <clears throat> those would be the similar tracks. In terms of how we're approaching this, am I looking at what guys did last year here? A little bit, sure. But I'm really taking the second half of last year as a group and looking at how they performed at intermediates because by the second half of last year, a lot of teams had started to figure out speed in the car. Think about how much better Toyotas were in the second half of last year compared to the first half of last year. Fords came on in the second half of last year aside from Blaney, who was fast everywhere, and Logano was fast everywhere. But all of the other Fords came on in the second half of last year. Um, so, you know, we're looking a little bit at practice times this week. We're looking at what they did in the second half of last year at intermediates. And, you know, a little bit of what they did. I'm not even sure last week really counts because it's a high tire wear track. So you can't really compare the two. So that's kind of that's kind of the lay of the land here. Um you want to get down to what what slates are or what tournaments and whatnot are you playing this week? Um, definitely playing the Chrome Horn. Uh, that's the four dollar, the twenty max. It's usually like between ten to twenty k to first. Um, I've mostly just been doing the happy hour for the truck and Xfinity series because I I don't have as much confidence in those drivers. But you know, uh, I I love your previews and your playbooks for uh, the Cup Series every Sunday, so I usually go a little bit heavier with that. I think I'm actually going to dabble with some cash games this week. Um, there's obvious uh, cash game chalk that has emerged, uh, yeah. and I will, we'll get to that shortly. But I do feel better about playing cash games this week. There wasn't uh, – <clears throat> I didn't play it last week just because there was there was too much chalk. There was too much obvious cash game chalk, and it really, it really kind of felt like it came down to – you know, having the right 2v2 plays in your cash game lineup against everyone else. So that's kind of why I laid off with with double-ups and triple-ups last week. But I'm feeling pretty good about going back to the cash games this week. And I think I'm going to mix it in with some, some of my 20 max lineups. I think I'm going to start doing some of the $12 single entry, 24 maybe the $50 single entry, but a lot of 3 max contests as well. Um, probably just the $3 3 max. Um but definitely Chrome Horn, $12, 24 and 50 uh, the single entry contest. Those are the ones that I'll probably be playing this week. Yeah, I like the single entries this week uh, quite a bit. I do – look, I've never really been a big favorite of the mass multi-entry ones. It's not a skill set of mine. At some point I will um, hone it in a bit more, but I'd rather get – um, you know, a core of guys together and play in maybe five entry max contests and build around the core. Um, 
and whatnot. I do think that there are some interesting cash plays this week um, that you can build without having to stock up on the quote-unquote chalky guys. Um, but in general, I do think... Which, which, which slate do you think is more interesting to build? This week's slate or last week's slate? Because last week's slate turned out to be fantastically different to be able to <clears throat> go anywhere with. I personally, uh, and maybe this is recency bias because this is quite literally the flavor of the week, but I prefer Vegas just because we do have practice. We have qualifying. We have good weather. Um you know, obviously the news with Elliot and, and Tyler Reddick, who will be starting at the rear because he for an engine change, um, just feel better and more confident this week. Whereas last week, you know, it, it was fun having all those PD plays because we knew we were going to see high scores in, in cash and in tournaments. And those are always fun. But it was also kind of a bummer just because there was so much chalk and, and they're like you had to really have the right pivots and the right leverage. So. Um, I've done a lot of research. I've watched the betting lines move a lot throughout the week. Um, I only have one bet on this race, though. Uh, <clears throat> so for me personally, I am more excited about Sunday's race for Vegas than I am about Auto Club. Because Auto Club, honestly, I didn't really entertain playing anything other than the Chrome Horn. I only played the Chrome Horn last week. And I didn't make a profit or anything. But, you know, I f I'm more comfortable and looking forward to building lineups for this slate much more than last week. I would I would agree. Um, the fact that we've seen cars on track, I think, certainly helps. Um, I do think there are some sneaky different directions you could go here in terms of lap sled dominators. I think anybody starting in the top, let's say six, could be a lap sled dominator, um, pretty reasonably. Which would be um, Logano's on the pole, Byron is on the outside pole. Then you got Blaney third. Um, who is four? I gotta remind myself. Ty Gibbs is fourth, which is gonna be an interesting one. I think he might be pretty popular, to be honest. Uh, five is Kyle Bush and six is Kyle Larson. So I think any of those could wind up being lap sled dominators, and I think Ty Gibbs is probably gonna be the highest played dude under seven K. Mm. Uh, like, <clears throat> is it that the hope is that? You know, he goes out and, and is just a cheap source of maybe some dominator points. I would say so. I mean, the car looked okay. I mean, it looked it looked decent in practice. I mean, the it looked better over single lap, like shorter runs than longer runs. Um, but I think that a lot of people are going to try to save money and get a second dominator. Oh, for sure. This is definitely a two-dominator track. Right. If you go with the second dominator, I think Ty Gibbs is <clears throat> probably the most popular second dominator because he's starting fourth and he's 6,600. Right? The next guy starting, like, that we could conceivably see lead a bunch of laps. Uh, maybe Alex Bowman in 11th at 8,500 or Byron second at 9,100. So you've got a huge gap there. Um. But I would say, in general, we're looking for two dominators in a build. Here's my one reservation with Gibbs. Um, he only and It's a very small sample size because he didn't really step into a cop car until the Kurt Busch uh, concussion right. late last year. But he only has one top 10 finish in what, what he maybe has like 17 or 18 career finishes, and he's starting fourth. 
Yeah. I don't know if if I necessarily agree that he'll be the most popular play in this 6K range, just because I think the general inclination among a lot of the industry might be that he just goes backwards and he loses points. That's fair. <clears throat> so if you're not on if you're not on Gibbs, who in this range do you think becomes the chalk in place of? There is one guy in the 7K range that I really like just because there are so many plays starting behind him that I think he goes overlooked. But I might save that one for Discord because it's strictly a tournament play. But in the 6K range, maybe even the 5K range, um, this this won't be my favorite play of these values. I don't hate Corey LaJoy at 5,200 starting P19. I think that there might be a little bit leverage there. Now, that's only going to be... A tournament play, but he finished 16th at Daytona. I finished 14th last week at Auto Club. Um, so very low. There's very little money with that team, but he's actually made the best out of it so far yeah. with that. Um, I could probably see myself getting back on board with Justin Haley or AJ Allmendinger, who are both right around that 6K line. Um, closer to uh, Gibbs, I might consider Chris Busher at 6,900. Nice starting P18. Yeah, he did look surprisingly quick in practice. Right. Um, yeah, I, I do think that there are several plays. Now, let's talk about Josh Berry a little bit more because he's okay. 8K on DK. He's starting 32nd. He looked pretty timid in that car. That's the thing is that I don't really want to play a guy that's getting his first looks in, in this car. I'm hoping a lot of the field is just seeing that it's, you know, it's an $8,000 price tag and you're getting Hendrick Motorsports equipment. And and honestly, a lot of the betting preview podcasts that I listened to this week, they were all hyping up Chevy. And rightfully so. Like, Chevy looked phenomenal last week. Uh, their cars seemed prepped and ready to go. Um so I, I get that aspect of it. And he's won here twice in the Xfinity series in four races. You know, he was he's a very popular popular DFS play for Saturday's race. But again, for a guy that's uh I can't remember if this is his debut or if he maybe ran one race last year in the Cup series, but I don't love it, it's just a whole different dynamic and how difficult this next gen car is driving between you know the Cup series and the Xfinity series. So if he's timid in practice, I don't necessarily feel great about the play in DFS because he's AK starting P32. So he needs 40 points and he's not even hitting value with the top 20. And I, I don't necessarily feel good about him cracking the top 20 as it stands right now. Yeah. I saw a lot of people saying, well, he had teens upside being the number nine, the Hendrick car, you know, just assuming that it's a plug and play, but I agree with you. The driving style between the two, the Xfinity car and the cup car is so different now that, you know, I, I didn't exactly like what I saw from him in practice. Um, his 10-lap average wasn't great. In terms of the guys that ran 10-lap averages, his was the third yeah. slowest. Um, I'll say this. I don't hate him for cash games just because I think that there's a good enough floor that even if he somehow does squeak into the top 20, he's only getting you like 35 points. But I think I could live with that in cash games. Yeah, I just think he's uh, – I just don't think he's he's tournament playable. Um, I think there's other places you could go for a cash game play. 
outside of Josh Berry because I think right now he's just trying not to destroy the car. That's right. And like, yeah, no, I would agree. Anybody that drives, like we saw this <laughs> when, when Ty Gibbs first came up last year, he was just trying not to destroy the car. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't really want to pay basically average price for a guy to just try to bring the car home safely. So, look, I think he's going to be popular because, oh, Chase Elliott's car is good. He's Hendrick. Josh Barry, like you said, he won twice here in Xfinity. Um, but we'll let other people play in that pool. Uh, not sure. Now, what are, what are we doing with Tyretic? Uh, I feel like you just have to play him in cash games. In tournaments, I understand that wanting the leverage of being underweight. Um, I you have to imagine that for any tournament contest, he's probably going to be at least forty percent owned. Uh, in cash contests, he should probably be at least seventy percent owned. I know he's not getting practice. I know he's not getting qualifying. Uh, the results through two races have not been good. I mean, he started thirty fifth and finished thirty fourth last week at Auto Club. Yeah, a track that we all... Did he have any issues? I can't remember. Honestly, I fell asleep and I missed the end of that race. I'm really good at falling asleep during NASCAR races. I want to say he had an issue, but I can't... I can't... Like, he wasn't just that slow. Right, but it just hasn't been a good debut for him since joining Toyota. Correct. So... uh, I'm with you. I think in tournament plays, I think I'm off of him. I think in cash... You I'm fine of, eating the chalk because he's if he even if he busts he's probably hurting everybody's lineup so you still have a path to making money and doubling up. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but yeah, I I would say it's still a more more of a GPP slate than a cash slate, but cash is more playable this week than it was last week because there's a lot less chalk. Uh, you can you can feel good about just making your own lineup and not making a lineup that's going to be played by thirty percent of the field. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think there's less chances for lineup trains this week. There's less obvious lineup trains this Correct. week. Correct. Um, than there was last week. Um, but in general, yeah. <clears throat> you know. Do you have a favorite dominator that stands out to you so far? Um, I think Larson's going to be very popular, but I'm not sure that I'm going that route. I think a guy that might not be played quite as much as William Byron. See, I can't decide if he's going to be popular or not because he's too cheap and he's already on the front row. So all he has to do is just get around Joey Logano. Joey Logano has a very good resume at Vegas. Uh, but also, Byron had one of the fastest cars, I believe, late in the year on these kind of like medium to, right. we'll call it medium tire wear intermediates. And so, I mean, there's no Chase Elliott. Like, he he could be a guy to kind of just, you know, pick up the, uh, I get, I don't know. See, what. I I think why Byron may not be as popular is because was <clears throat> on the pole, who's very good at Vegas and intermediates and leading laps. You have Larson sixth. You have Kyle Busch is fifth, who's been all all the talk this week, mm-hmm. right? Ryan Blaney, who 
has still been fast. He's starting third. Like, you know, he may not be. I think if you give people the choice between Blaney and Byron, I think more people choose Blaney than Byron in that scenario. I I think I think Byron might get over overlooked. If he does, I love it. I love the price tag of just ninety one hundred on DK. Um, one guy I do actually like that we did not mention uh, is Ross Chastain. He's been really fast. Yeah. Uh, finished third last week, led 91 laps, 22 fastest laps for 79 points on DraftKings. Um, even last year, like Trackhouse was surprisingly good. Um, I'm not going to give away the name, but like that, that sneaky GPP play that I said yeah. I would leave for the Discord, it's his teammate. <laughs> um, but I really like Trackhouse. I've been, I've been on his teammate because like Vegas <clears throat> put Suarez at 50 to 1 to start the week. And DK closed it to twenty five to one pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I but was Chastain was still eight to one. So, like, if you like Chastain at eight to one, why wouldn't you take a shot on triple the return on his on his teammate? Now his teammate is starting further back, sure, but he's also had a better, faster car, arguably, um, for the last. I almost like Suarez enough for cash games too. I kind of do too. I don't think anyone's going to play him in cash games. I don't think so because he kind of like he's starting 24th, right? But like there's enough, you're right, there's enough guys starting around him or behind him that I think he gets a little bit lost. Yeah. In the flow, like. <clears throat> I haven't looked at, I subscribe to a few websites and I haven't really looked at ownership projections because I don't know if they're out yet. But I love Suarez if he's going to fall in like an 8 to 12 projected ownership. And I'd go at least double that in my builds. Yeah. Maybe even triple. Like, I'm not afraid to go heavy on Suarez tomorrow. I mean, he's 7,600 and Josh Barry's <clears throat> 8 grand. And Barry's going to be played more, I would think. Tyler Reddick's 8,800. He's going to be played more. I think you can go down and people would play, would take more shots on Almondinger and Haley and toss Ty Gibbs in there for a dominator in a cash game. I think you put Ty Gibbs in a cash game? I think some people will build it for Ty Gibbs being the dominator in a cash game to save money. But I wouldn't do it. I'm not doing that. I think some people's going to be stupid. But... <laughs> Can't fix stupid. Um, in terms of builds, we're looking for one dominator in a cash game, and the rest is PD. For GPPs, we're looking for two dominators, and the rest is GPP. I would also say, um, I know this doesn't typically happen on intermediates, but I always do commit some, at least two or three tournament builds. If you're doing 20 or more lineups, I would still try to get some tournament builds that are just one dominator, because it on the off chance that it does happen, and you nail yeah. that dominator, and you have five other, you know, good PD plays because odds are that it's going to be, there are going to be two or three guys that collect a lot of the dominator points. I guess you, you probably want what between 20, 25, maybe even 30 dominator points. If you are targeting, you know, per, yes. per dominator. Uh, but if this is just an off chance where it's one of those guys that, you know, just dominates the whole race, leads a ton of laps, has the fastest laps, and he's just going over 120 points on DraftKings, then you you like having that guy as your solo dominator while having five other drives that just move up and finish well. Um, so I would say, you know, 
but don't go all the way in on two dominator builds do reserve some wiggle room for just one solo dominator lineups yep i agree anything else you wanted to touch on any drivers that we may have skipped or if you just want to save them for the playbook totally understand you know we're not trying to give a full field breakdown because this is a free podcast we just want to kind of preview our, our favorite plays and a little bit of contrarian uh, options as well but you know we'll be in the discord you know tonight and tomorrow heading into the race yeah no i think we'll um, keep the rest for um for discord and the playbook um yeah i, I don't really have much to add strategy wise i think it's you know a fun race to build for lineup lock on DK, I believe is three forty-seven Eastern Sunday afternoon. Um, check for Fanduel because they usually do different, and Fanduel might lock earlier um, than DK. I gotta give Fanduel credit. Uh, I I don't like Fanduel's like scoring. We we crap on it all the time, but I actually like that they at least offer five entry max contests. I prefer those over like three entry. I would agree. That's the only thing agree. that they think. Yeah, I would agree. Also, by the way, they have, as of uh, 5.30 Eastern on Saturday, not added Josh Berry to the player pool. I would not expect them to add Josh Berry to the player pool. Um, That's so nice of them. <laughs> just as a heads up, they, they usually, once it's set, they usually don't add a guy. And they've already had a day at this point to do it. So... Uh, I don't expect them to to add them. So if you want to play Josh Berry, your only option is on DraftKings. Um, but yeah, so so check out the playbook uh, or keep reading it if you're listening to this atop the playbook. Um, and we'll have uh, you know projections out Saturday evening and core plays out Sunday. Um, and then any adjustments needed. Uh, prior to the race on Sunday in Discord. <clears throat> All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you Sunday at Vegas, and best of luck to the FA Nation. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.